When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news here into NFL Live as we start the show, and it involves the latest in the Deshaun Watson situation. Adam Schefter, what can you tell us? Field moments ago, NFL teams were notified that the former New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey has been appointed by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell as the appeals officer in this particular case. He now will be in charge of the disciplinary process that involves Deshaun Watson. He has deep expertise in criminal law, domestic violence, and sexual assault, and he is Commissioner Goodell's selection to serve as the disciplinary officer in Deshaun Watson's suspension. More from Adam Schefter throughout the show. We have Lewis Riddick with us as well. And Rob Ninkovich, I am Field Yates. Worth noting that Peter C. Harvey served as an advisor to the NFL during the 2017 investigation into the violation of the personal conduct policy by Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott, which uh, ended, excuse me, in a six-game suspension. So, Lewis, what's your immediate reaction to this decision? Not just the selection of Peter C. Harvey, but the fact that Roger Goodell decided not to take matters into his own hands as the appeals officer. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think here with, with Commissioner Goodell, I think because of the fact that so many people call into question his credibility based on how he has ruled on previous cases, I think it was probably decided upon by all that he needs to kind of remove himself from this situation as much as, possibly, as, po- as he possibly can, even though it's collectively bargained that he could have oversaw this appeals process himself. But I think he's trying to once again turn it over to another third party that he trusts, that he believes is credible, and that he believes is competent enough to go ahead and rule on this matter and rule on this appeals process. I cannot speak to Peter Harvey. I do not know anything about him. I mean, we're just finding this out. That's why it's breaking news. So I have nothing to really add as far as, Mm. you know, the credibility and competency of, of the gentleman who's going to be overseeing it. But clearly, it just adds another layer of debate into the process by which the NFL decides these things, you know, pursuant to the personal conduct policy and leaves everybody sitting here going, man, there has to be a much better way. There has to be a cleaner way Mm. to go ahead and handle these kind of issues. So we aren't in this kind of process where we're constantly pushing things now further down the road to hand it off to this person, this third party, this third party over here, this third party over here, trying to decide whether or not something that was deemed to be egregious and predatory and trying to figure out what is the right way in order to go ahead and reprimand someone who partakes in those kind of acts. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me that we keep moving down the road further and further with this and getting different twists and turns in a situation that really this, this seems so reactionary, man. It just seems so after the fact that we're trying to figure out what to do here. But that's been par for the course as far as handling these kind of issues, which is sad, to be quite honest. It's sad that this is taken away from so many good things, man, that are happening on the football field in these training camps with these NFL teams right now. So many good stories, mm. Field, that I know you know because I mean, we all follow the game. There's so many good things. There's a football game going to be played tonight. Yeah. Tonight, the Hall of Fame game. I'm going to be flying out to, to, to Canton, Ohio in the next 24 hours to go and cover the Hall of Fame enshrinement. Hall of Fame enshrinement. 
I mean, so it's, it's just, um, it's an amazing juxtaposition when you think about the excitement surrounding the season versus, you know, the turmoil surrounding this situation. Yeah, Lewis, I agree with you on just the past issues and, and how the NFL has tried to handle those. And with Roger Goodell kind of failing on those issues in the past, having to take a lot of heat for some of the issues that, that when he did push out a punishment, people were reaction to that, like, yo, this isn't enough here. Um, and then he does the third party to try and get um, the right thing done, and then it comes back and obviously wasn't enough um, for the situation and the things that have taken place. So it, it is sad that we're talking about this, and it's supposed to be an exciting day um, that this is the football's back and the preseason is back. But um, just the human element of things right now, and, and you know, there's a lot of people right now upset about this issue. Um, so the NFL is doing the right thing and trying to correct the issue um, in that aspect of things. The reason why this current system of punishment is in place is because many believe that Commissioner Roger Goodell had too much power and authority on punitive matters under the previous CBA. So it seems in some ways the right decision, the justifiable decision for Roger Goodell to not be the final word on a suspension for Deshaun Watson, whether it is six games or potentially longer again one more time, Peter C. Harvey has been tabbed by Roger Goodell to take over the appeal of the Deshaun Watson suspension. And speaking of Deshaun Watson, attorney Tony, Tony Busby, who represents the women who file lawsuits against Watson, and one Watson accuser, Ashley Solis, spoke on their reaction to the league's ruling on the six-game suspension earlier today. We made 10 women available uh, to the NFL. We would have made more available. But the NFL wasn't really interested in talking to them. In fact, in lieu of interviews, we even attempted to, to submit sworn statements. The NFL rejected those submissions. You should also know that none of my clients were asked to testify at the three-day hearing and did not testify at the three-day hearing. In fact, none of us, including my clients, were even informed of the hearing. We had to read about it in the newspaper, and we had to read about the result of it. We don't know what was actually presented. We don't know how the presentation was made. All we know is that none of the people that our firm represents were involved in that process in any way. I have no explanation why the NFL only spoke to 10 of my clients and only presented four of those 10. It really makes you want to scratch your head and wonder what the devil is going on. When we received the results of the NFL's process, the more than year-long process that I would suggest to you could have been done in 30 days, I ask each of the clients to, to weigh in. I try to talk to each one to say, what, were your, what are your thoughts on, the, on what happened? I'm just going to read to you a few things that was said to me. Six games even is, isn't even a slap on the wrist. It's a kiss on the cheek. They did not really investigate because they do not care. They investigated to the extent you call it that to save face. They don't care if women or people are abused. What do the actions of the NFL say to little girls who have suffered at the hands of someone perceived to have power? That it's not a big deal? That they don't care? Tough <laughs> That's what I've taken from their actions. So instead, I'll let my actions say something different to those same little girls. No matter how scary, 
big or powerful someone may seem, they are just humans. And like all humans, we all have the right to have our voices heard. So when I step back and look at things for what they are, I recognize that it's hurt people who hurt people. I recognize that the people who I decided to speak out against are just human. And I'm no longer scared of them. I no longer fear that power because I understand and I realize I have even more power. Shefty, what's your reaction to hearing that sound today? Well, we are living in a day and age field where we have seen the Me Too movement greatly affect the world of finance, entertainment, media, and we've yet to see it have the type of dramatic effect in the NFL that it's had in other aspects of society. This sort of feels like this is now come home to the NFL. A little late with some of the cases involved in the league in the past, mm-hmm. but it has now arrived at the doorstep of the NFL. And the NFL is trying as best as it can right now to clean up and make sure that this situation is handled in its eyes properly. Now, I know Tony Busby mentioned some of those facts, but the NFL has maintained that it interviewed 12 of the 24 plaintiffs and it requested permission on the other 12 or those other 12 did not want to speak to the NFL. So there's Tony Busby's side and there is the NFL side. But the fact of the matter doesn't change is that the NFL now certainly seems to be trying to make sure that this issue gets the attention it deserves. Yeah, man, look, in in this kind of situation, I mean, obviously, it's very wise. It's the right thing to do. It is the just thing to do to make sure that you are crossing all T's, dotting all I's, getting as many accounts, as much testimony, as much information as possible. And Adam, as you allude to, there's Tony Busby's side, there's the NFL side. As far as whether or not they did their true due diligence to really get to the bottom of what happened, and we weren't privy to it, so we won't ever know that. But we do have, obviously, the reaction of Ashley Solis, who looks there to be very pained, shook, traumatized. And I think there would be many, many other, there's many, many other people out there who would agree that that's what that looks like. This is, you know, I understand that, look, this is a, this is a human rights issue. This is a, this is a human being issue. This is a human relationship issue about the treatment of women in particular here as it relates to sexual assault. And it's just, it, it's just amazing to me that I, look, that the, these kind of situations in the past, as it relates to the NFL, have always been handled, have always been handled retroactively, meaning, well, let's just see what reaction is, and then we'll adjust. Let's see what reaction is, and then we'll adjust. Let's see what reaction is, and then we'll adjust. And obviously, we all know in the NFL, especially in this particular case, as it relates to the greater the talent, the greater the tolerance, right? Mm. Because now I'm referring to this $230 million contract that this young man got in the face of these allegations before it was even settled. $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Mm. And now there's an uproar over whether or not the number of games that obviously that he's going to miss, whether or not that was enough. It's just, there's so many just, there's just such, it's hard for me to really articulate 
articulate this in any other way than I have in the past couple of days in talking about that. That is just extremely disappointing. It just all seems extremely reactionary. And look, as Judge Robinson pointed out, and I'm going to say this over and over again, the NFL needs to be a little bit more proactive. They need to get out ahead of things in terms of their personal conduct policy, the language in which it contains, and the way in which it is administered for players, owners, front office executives, anyone who falls under its jurisdiction. It needs to be put in writing. It needs to be very clear. It needs to be spelled out. You will suffer the consequences if you run afoul of this personal conduct policy. And there is no wiggle room. There is no, there's no after the fact in terms of us having to come back and clean it up because we are taking a beating in the court of public opinion. They need to be out ahead of this kind of thing. They have the ability to be out ahead of of this kind of thing. Mm. They need to decide if they want to be out ahead of this kind of thing. Yeah, and I said this yesterday that, that this goes beyond football. The, the game that we that we love and watch and, and that I played, it, it's a human thing, and, and you want to do the right thing. The NFL has to do the right thing. Yeah. And yesterday, when that when we were talking about the six games, that's obviously obviously not enough. So they go in and they they're trying to do the right thing, but there's a lot of questions here that I don't know the answers to, and and I don't know the details of that we need to find out, and the NFL needs to find out and do the right thing here, and. Just because you can throw a football and you make a lot of money doesn't mean you get a pass and you sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. Things need to be addressed and you need to do the right thing. Uh, As we know, the NFL is appealing the six-game suspension of Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. And as of just a little while ago, we also know it'll be Peter Harvey who will serve as the appeals officer in this case as appointed by Roger Goodell. Much more to come on Deshaun Watson here on NFL Live. Much more football talk as well as there's no Devontae Adams in Green Bay. But hear about the rookie wide receiver who's already turning heads and catching the attention of Aaron Rodgers. Plus, later, we'll talk Raiders. Will we see a new and improved Raiders under the leadership of head coach Josh McDaniels? Minko has a take you're not going to want to miss. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Saturday, we'll once again have the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony for you on ESPN. The class of 2022 includes Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Dick Vermeil, Bryant Young, and official Art McNally, the father of instant replay. That's Saturday noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN and the app. You smell that? It's football. It's back. Yeah, it's just an exhibition game tonight, but for the first time since the Rams beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, we have an NFL game to look forward to this evening when the Jaguars and Raiders face off in the Hall of Fame game. That leads us, of course, to Canton, Ohio. And when there's a big game, and tonight is a big game because it's, of course, the first game we got to get, we have to get our guy, Sal Palantonio, involved. He is live on the ground in Canton, Ohio. And Sal Pal, it's a quarterback battle of sorts tonight. No Derek Carr, no Trevor Lawrence. So it's Jake Luton and Jared Sidham instead. What are these two new coaches looking to get out of tonight? That's what we get to do right here on NFL Live. Me and you, Field Yates, we get to kick off the 2022 NFL season right here at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio, the birthplace of pro football. And it's a historic night. These two head coaches are trying to remake their careers and remake the franchises that they are now coaching. Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars, trying to turn that franchise around. And of course, I texted my old friend, Doug Peterson, and I said to him, what did you tell your team in the meeting last night about how to approach the Hall of Fame game, how to play and compete in this game, every opportunity to compete to turn this franchise around? And he texted me back. He said, I told them to be themselves, have fun, play smart, have great communication. A lot of guys will play tonight. I'm excited to watch them play. Since the start of training camp, now it's been time to go out there and play. We get to kick it off 2022 right here tonight. And as for Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders, now just think about Josh McDaniels. He was the head coach of the Broncos for two years. Things didn't work out. Went back, won a bunch of Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. Now he gets to coach the Las Vegas Raiders right here in this stadium where he played high school football for the McKinley High School Bulldogs. He was the star quarterback, and his head coach was his dad, Tom. And Tom will be right here in the stands behind me with the entire McDaniels family. We asked Josh McDaniels, is that going to be a little surreal? And he said, absolutely surreal is the word for it. But we've got real, well, semi-real football tonight, Field Yates, Sal right Powell. here at Tom Benson Stadium. It is so great to hear from you, Sal Powell. Thank you for joining us. And I love Doug Peterson text being back in my life. Enjoyed the game, Sal Powell. We can't <laughs> wait to watch tonight. It's preseason, but I'm still into it. Hey, it's a new era for the Packers as their wideouts no longer include Devontae Adams. And while the Green Bay pass catchers have been the topic of much discussion this offseason, amidst much change, it's also an opportunity for someone to seize and someone's catching Aaron Rodgers' eyes. That's what might surprise you. Every single day, you guys know you've been watching, there's been at least one kind of wow play from him. And that's kind of rare for a young guy uh, like that. Now, we've had some guys over the years kind of do that, but... You know, they're all in the top 10, I think, in the Packers receiving history. So he's had a lot of opportunities, which has been great. You know, with Sammy not, not practicing a couple days and obviously Christian being out, a lot of opportunities for him. He's made the most of it. 
Lewis, the player that Aaron Rodgers was referring to in that quote was Romeo Dobbs, their fourth-round pick out of Nevada. Do you believe that he is a viable target for Rodgers early on in his career? I absolutely do. Why not? I'm not saying he's going to be the number one. I'm not saying he's going to be a guy who's going to automatically overtake Alan Lazard. But I am going to say this. This team has done a good, as good a job of taking second round and lower wide receivers and develop them as anyone in the NFL. And Romeo Dobbs, when, you, when we watched his tape prior to the draft, this big joker now, look, he's about 6'2", 200 pounds, an inside-outside type of guy. I mean, he can play in the slot, play on the outside on first down. Big target, great hands, strong in contested catch situations. Big target as far as presenting to the, to the quarterback in tight coverage type of situations. And you have seen some of the highlights here at practice. This guy is making plays all over the place. This is exactly what you want and that you take in and go, please give me more when you're a GM and you're a scout and your fourth round wide receiver has the future Hall of Fame quarterback and multiple time MVP going, this guy's making plays every day. This guy's making a wild play every day. And he's talking about him and referencing him, you know, in accordance with some of the great all-time Packer wide receivers that he's been around. That is ideally, if you're Brian Gouda against the general manager, you're going, see, I might know what I'm doing. I might have an idea as far as what this team needs and, and how I see it going down the road from a developmental standpoint at this position in particular. And Christian Watson hasn't even been on the field yet. I think the Packers are going to be okay. I'm not saying he's going to replace Devontae Adams. Don't get me wrong. But this is exactly what you want from a front office standpoint. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with Lewis as far as him not being a number one, but he could be a target. And uh, my biggest concern would be in December when it's 15 degrees in Lambeau and they need a catch. Are they going to go to a rookie? Are they going to go to a young guy? Or is Aaron Rodgers going to go to somebody he's more comfortable with? But I, I can tell you this. A quarterback is going to go to a guy that he feels comfortable with. And with him speaking so highly of him in training camp, obviously they're building some type of chemistry. And that chemistry throughout this season at some point, you don't know what's going to happen. You might lose a guy. But at some point, they might have to go to him. And he can, can he come through? Sure he can. But I know it's harder as a rookie. It's hard to come in with no offseason. You go to the combine. Then you go to rookie camp. Then you come into training camp. Then you have basically double the season in 17 games. So can he be a target? Yes, he can. But he's got a long, it's going to be a long season for him. Every single rookie goes through that process. And a lot of guys, you see them in September. They look good. November. Thanksgiving, December, yeah. uh, they hit a cliff. So for them to be a playoff team, all these young players have to play at a high level. Okay, interesting. Feels like kind of a fantasy sleeper, if you ask me. And, you know, the Packers have a preseason game this year. There's only one that they host. It's against the New Orleans Saints. And that brings us to the New Orleans Saints. As a really cool moment took place recently. Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas teaming up for the first time on the field in about a month from right now. But... It wasn't their first time teaming up. Take a look at what happened recently at training camp. How great is that right there, Nico? That's what it's all about right there. That's one of the best feelings as a professional athlete that you can get when you meet a group of young men that love the game and they're just they're just having fun and that, that's where it all started for me and Lewis we were just high school kids having a great time and, and when you see somebody that you idolize it's really fun to actually join in with them and jump around I mean it's it's, it's really cool to see.
I can, it, it just takes me back to my childhood field. I remember as a young kid going into the NFL locker rooms when my brother was playing for the Buffalo Bills in the early 1980s and just staring at guys, yeah. staring at guys like Bruce Smith and Daryl Talley and Andre Reid. I mean, that's exactly what it's all about. Those guys are people's heroes, man. Yeah. And it's just nice to see great, you know, positive stories of guys making positive impacts on kids like that because they'll never forget it, just like yeah. I never have just a couple years later. Not that many years yeah. later. I'm not that old, but <laughs> a couple years later. Say, not a day. I don't know how old you are, Lewis, but not a day <laughs> over 40 in my book as far as I'm concerned. You're right. Just a couple of minutes <laughs> out of those Saints time yeah. and a lifetime of memories for those young men who have a chance to meet them. Hey, more to come on NFL Live. Well, there was a question mark at quarterback. There was an answer in Deontay Johnson for the foreseeable future. We'll tell you what it means for the Steelers offense. Back on NFL Live with some breaking news involving the Deshaun Watson suspension situation as on Monday we learned that Deshaun Watson would be suspended for the first six games of the, of the NFL regular season. The NFL decided to appeal that decision and now we have the latest development that comes via Adam Schefter just moments before our show began. Schefter, what more can you add to the situation? Well, Phil, teams were notified this afternoon that Roger Goodell has appointed Peter C. Harvey mm. as the appeals officer in this case. There you see some of his credentials. He's the former New Jersey Attorney General, a member of the NFL's Diversity Advisory Committee, a partner at a law firm, and he has advised the NFL on workplace policies, personal conduct policy, and has even been involved in some arbitration that involved contracts. And so clearly, Roger Goodell felt comfortable with yeah. Peter C. Harvey here as the appeals officer. And let's be honest, the NFLPA doesn't have a say in this. This is Roger Goodell's voice, and he gets to go to Peter C. Harvey or whoever he wants to make and hand down a decision that is binding in the end. So Peter C. Harvey will determine the fate of Deshaun Watson, and clearly the NFL wants Deshaun Watson banished for the entire 2022 season. We'll continue to follow this story that has dominated the headlines this week. But Shefty, more around the NFL. What can you tell us about the latest involving Matthew Stafford? He has been essentially throwing on a limited fashion at Rams practice because of this elbow injury, but he was spotted today field throwing some, so it doesn't seem to be a big deal at this point in time, and it seems like the Rams are being cautious with that right elbow injury that he has been dealing with, but again, the fact that he was out there throwing some today is certainly encouraging for the defending Super Bowl champs. Yesterday, Hollywood Brown, the... Cardinals wide receiver was arrested and charged with criminal speeding, was taken to jail. There are reports that he was speeding excessively there in Arizona, not the exact type of activity the team wanted from him. Obviously, they will address this, and that could fall under some discipline for the NFL. And Deontay Johnson, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, becomes the latest wide receiver to get a deal done in two years. $36.7 million extension that included $27 million guaranteed. He, like other wide receivers, have been staging a hold-in during training camp, but his hold-in is over. He has signed the contract, and he will begin practicing with the Pittsburgh Steelers with a new deal that gives him some security and also will give him the ability to become a free agent again in a few years. Yeah, just the age of 29 will Deontay Johnson be a free agent. And he had a breakout season in his third year in the NFL. His 107 catches were tied for fifth in the league, and they were the sixth in a single season in history amongst all Steelers players. One of the focal points of this offense, he had 170 targets last year. That was tied with Devontae Adams for the second most in the NFL. 
Lewis, what was your reaction when you first saw this deal that keeps Johnson in Pittsburgh for two more seasons? Yeah, for right at around $18 million per year. It puts him in the top 20 in terms of average per year as far as wide receivers coming in right around the same average as Christian Kirk, who a lot of people, you know, pointed to this past uh, year as getting a contract that maybe he hadn't earned. Well, you can say that Deontay Johnson, considering the fact that over the past, in his first three years in the NFL, in terms of receptions, yards, and touchdowns, he's increased his totals in all three categories in every year sequentially. Look, he earned this payday, and now he's only 26 years old. As you say, he'll go back to the table again when he's 29 as a free agent, and he'll be able to once again go ahead and cash in on you know, what he will potentially be able to produce over the next couple of years. So good win for the, te- for the team, good, will for De- good win for Deontay Johnson. That's exactly how you want it to turn out. Yeah, it's, it's a win on both sides. So if you're the receiver, you get a nice two-year deal. You know in a couple years the cap's going to keep going up. Yeah. The, the amount of money that these receivers are getting is going up and up and up. So, again, two years, continue to progress, continue to get better, help this team kind of change and find the new next guy in the quarterback position, and he could be a part of it. So you pay that guy. He's here for two years. Go back to the table. You're only 28 years old. Get a little bit more money. And, Field, here's why I believe it was smart for Deontay Johnson to do that deal right now. Number one, you've got George Pickens coming in as a rookie wide receiver. You don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. You don't know what kind of production you're going to have. He's had some injury history. It's a new offense. There's a whole lot of factors that change the dynamics for Deontay Johnson. He may turn out to have a great season, but he might not have the type of numbers that he's used to having with a different quarterback, with a different surrounding cast, and a different offense. You don't know. So now he takes some of the security and then has a chance to become a free agent again in a few years. It's an incredible life-changing contract for someone who came into the league as a third-round pick. It also feels, at least in my eyes, like somewhat of a steal for the Steelers given the fact that so many wide receivers had been commanding such lucrative deals this offseason. Lewis, Shefty just mentioned the impact of what a new quarterback might mean for Deontay Johnson. Let's flip that. How important is having Deontay Johnson back on the field now for a team that, as of this moment, is in a three-man quarterback competition. Look, he's the alpha. He's the go-to guy. He's the guy who Mike Tomlin would tell you is the guy who's the best overall receiver in terms of versatility, route running, ability to get open, ability to make big plays after the catch as far as his rack ability. And, you know, he's someone who has proven that he can produce at all, at all three positions on the football field. Now, we know that Deontay has had some issues with drops in the past, but he's still that guy. He is still the number one, and every team needs to have that security in having a bona fide number one when you're talking about having the kind of uncertainty that they're having at quarterback in terms of who's going to actually open the season as the starter. That starter needs to be able to have a rapport with Deontay Johnson. Although it's only a two-year contract, this young man's making almost $19 million a year. He's going to get his targets by the way in which Matt Canada calls the offense. So you better know where he is. You better know how to get the ball to him, how he likes it delivered to him, and you better have a rapport with him. So it's kind of going to, going to go hand in hand because without him, look, Chase Claypool, as talented as he is, is still someone who hasn't proven over the course of his career that he can be a obviously a hundred catch receiver and a hundred reception receiver in the in the NFL, hundred plus receptions in in a single season. And George Pickens is just a rookie, so we'll just see how it all pans out for these quarterbacks. But this was a must signing for them 
and someone who they need. It's critical yeah. for him to have a big year if these quarterbacks are going to ultimately realize their potential. And I got to tell you, look at the Steelers' track record of developing wide receivers. Yet another guy not taken in the first round that earns a second contract with the team. They certainly know how to size up pass catchers in Pittsburgh. Coming up, we have football tonight. And Doug Peterson makes his Jaguars head coaching debut in the Hall of Fame game. Lewis explains what he's looking forward to from the former Super Bowl winning head coach. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. After it was announced on Monday, the Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson had been suspended for six games. The NFL and the NFLPA had three, die, three days to decide whether to appeal the decision. The NFL opted to do so on Wednesday, and we now know that it will be Peter Harvey serving as the appeals officer as chosen by Roger Goodell. For more on the latest involving the entire Watson situation, we head to Cleveland and check in with our NFL Nation Browns reporter Jake Trotter for more. One day after the NFL announced that it was appealing Sue Robinson's decision, the Cleveland Browns were off from training camp practice on Thursday. The team will be back on the field on Friday when we'll hear from players for the first time since that appeal. Not expected to speak, owners Jimmy and Dee Haslam, general manager Andrew Barry, and Deshaun Watson. In the meantime, speaking to people in the building behind me, though, there does seem to be a realization setting in that Deshaun Watson may not play a down for the Browns this season, and people here are bracing for the real possibility that the NFL is about to drop the hammer. All right, Shefty, understanding where Jake uh, just landed there with the possibility of the Browns not having Deshaun Watson at all this season, how might they address their quarterback spot? Listen, they have Jacoby Brissett, and Jacoby Brissett is somebody who is used to strange and unique situations. He backed up Tom Brady in New England and wound up playing after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. He backed up Andrew Luck in Indianapolis and became the starter when Andrew Luck retired on the eve of the season. Yeah. He backed up Tua Tungabailoa in Miami last year, and there were people in the organization who wanted Jacoby to play ahead of Tua, and now he's in Cleveland where Deshaun Watson is facing the distinct possibility that he may not play this year, and here's Jacoby. Now, in the background, of course, 
is the idea that Cleveland still could inquire about other quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is out there. The 49ers have been holding on to him as an asset. And the idea that there's another team out there that could need a quarterback. And Cleveland right now, which really has been pretty adamant about Jacoby Brissett, could decide to revisit it and Consider the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo is out there. So, Lewis, one of the biggest hurdles to a Jimmy Garoppolo trade for almost every team in the NFL is that they can't carry his $24.2 million base salary as things presently stand. The Browns, they lead the NFL in cap space by far should they consider a Jimmy G trade Mm -hmm. if Deshaun is suspended for the entire season. Yeah, and I think obviously that's probably something that they're discussing when they're having personnel meetings every night like we used to when I was in in Philadelphia with Andy Reid. I'm sure when Andrew Barry gets together with Kevin Stefanski and ownership, they're going to have to discuss that. They're going to have to really now scrutinize every single rep that Jacoby Jacoby Brissett takes within this system, every single rep that Joshua Dobbs, Josh Rosen takes within this system and say, look, do we have enough at the position in order to allow us to compete at the highest level as we think this roster can compete Mm. if Deshaun Watson is not with us all year long. They have to really objectively take a look at that and really scrutinize the play of that position. Because, look, eventually it's going to come back to what's happening on the football field, although right now a lot of our attention, obviously, and rightfully so, is focused on off the field. But eventually for them it's going to have to come back to the product on the field, and a lot of it's going to center around that quarterback position because it could either allow this team to go ahead and compete for a division title in the North and compete for a conference title overall in the AFC, or it could totally submarine their season. So now, although Jacoby may be thinking, hey, look, I'm used to this situation. I've been in weird situations before. I don't think he's ever been in a situation where the expectation and everything else surrounding his getting on the football field is as magnified as it will be this year. Yeah, Cleveland has to go get Jimmy G. Jimmy G, they have to go get him. Mm. He's available. He's 45-18 and 18 as a starter. Yeah. He's got a 71% winning percentage. His ability to play in big moments, I know he's, he was on a loaded roster, but Cleveland is a loaded roster. You look at what they have, the running back room, the receivers, the offensive line, the defense, the pass rush. They are a loaded team that needs a quarterback. That's why they went out and they went and got a quarterback. Now they have to go do the same exact thing. Jimmy G's available. Go and get him. And you'll help your roster. You'll help your team out because right now there's a lot of guys in that in that in that locker room. That's like, what are we doing right now? Because we have a team ready to go. We can win a lot of football games. But we need a quarterback. The NFL's preference would be for the Deshaun Watson appeal to not prolong and drag on. So perhaps the Browns will have clarity sooner than later. And if they have it, and Deshaun Watson is not going to play this season, that may prompt them to pursue Jimmy G. It is the time of the year where quarterback shuffling is not totally unprecedented. We have football tonight, the Hall of Fame game. And coming up, we'll dive into what this Raiders game means and what this new regime has to do to right the ship and put this team potentially atop the AFC West. Fantasy football is the number one fantasy game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. I promise you, we have a bunch of fun. We get a football. We're counting down the hours for the first preseason game of 2022. It's the Jaguars and Raiders kicking off the Hall of Fame game from Canton, Ohio in just over three hours. And the Raiders offseason started with Vegas hiring Josh McDaniels as their head coach in January. They then acquired all-pro receiver Devontae Adams in a trade with the Packers in March. And just to keep things rolling, they signed Chandler Jones and then traded Yannick Ngakwe for Rock Yasin. All right, Lewis, this is a fun, fun night ahead. What are you watching for from Josh McDaniels and the offense tonight specifically? 
offensive line play field and the physicality with which they play on the offensive line in particular. Look, that is something that I know for a fact that Josh believes in. He believes in the fundamentals of the game. And one of the true fundamentals of the game, especially when it comes to offensive play, which is his specialty, is offensive line play, pad level, physicality, knocking defenders off the line of scrimmage, and be able to run that ball for hopefully plus four yards per carry. This is a team that struggled running the football last year. It's a team that struggled in pass protection as measured by pass rush win rate. And if they aren't able to capture the line of scrimmage this year, they're not doing anything, no matter how many weapons they have on the perimeter. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see the first 15 plays of script. And usually the offensive coordinator comes up with his best plays, and that'll kind of set the tempo for the game. And, and I know that's not all the starters that are going to be out there, but to see that physical side of the, the game and the running game, really you have to have balance. And with Josh, I understand he knows going into this, a lot of guys are going to play. They, he, want to, he wants to know what he has on his roster. And as a first-year head coach, you kind of have to, to build your roster the way you want to with toughness and running the football. That's starting it, you know, like old school. Run the football, set a play-action pass. That's yeah. what he's done in the past. If he can start that early, you kind of have an idea of what he's going to do in the regular season. The AFC West is the SEC West of the NFL, and it's absolutely loaded. Loaded. How much confidence do you have in this Raiders team, though, Nico? I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win the division. Wow, I think really? they're going to win the division. And, and I say that, people are probably going to be like, what is he talking about? Listen, the team that could win the division could also end up last in the division. Yeah. But I do believe that they've made some moves <laughs> defensively. You got Patrick Graham in there, one of my, my old uh, outside linebacker coach. Very smart man, understands defense. He's going to have these guys flying around. You bring in Chandler Jones. They're going to have one of the best one-two punch pass rush combos in the NFL. Defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. you got Josh probably drawing uh, new plays on a napkin at lunchtime every single day. He's excited about what he has in car. You pay car. you got Adams. I think they're going to have a great year. Yeah, look, I, I – I echo Rob's enthusiasm for Las Vegas, I just don't think they're going to win the division simply because, once again, look, in the offseason we get enamored with toys. We get enamored with guys who give you fantasy football points. We get enamored with people catching passes and in 7-on-7 seven seven and in team, and we see the highlights on social media, and look, I get it. They have a ton of toys, but this team scares me on the offensive line. Not on the defensive line. Look, as Rob pointed out, Look, Chandler and Max, Max Crosby is one of my favorite people in the NFL period for what he has overcome and what he has yet to do, which he has yet to win an NFL Defensive MVP award, which I think is in his future, in the very near future. But the offensive line is fundamentally flawed. Mm. And I just don't – look, at some point in time, you have to be able to win the line of scrimmage and control football games and play true to who you are and true to who your DNA is. That's Josh's DNA. And I'll tell you this, in – the AFC West, every team has made strides along this offensive line and tried to make it better. Yeah. Kansas City has the very best one. The Chargers is getting better. And the Broncos is middle of the pack, but you would assume it will continue to get better as well. Vegas, their offensive line got worse this offseason. That's what concerns me. So if you're not quite ready to crown them or anoint them as the favorites, Lewis, do you think there is a favorite in the AFC West? And if so, who is it? I, I think it's Kansas City until proven otherwise, simply because I think their offensive line and their offense obviously really leads the pack for this football team. I think Patrick will be someone who will be very much so motivated for a number of different reasons in order to play more clean, efficient, intelligent football throughout the entire year as far as getting the ball out of his hands. And I think defensively, they added a lot of speed and some good playmakers. 
And until proven otherwise, I think they're the kings of the West. Yeah, and quarterback play is ridiculous in the AFC West, but I still would go out on a limb and take Patrick Mahomes if I had my choice of any of the four. The other team in the game tonight is, of course, the Jaguars. They have a new head coach. That's Doug Peterson taking over in Jacksonville. They could have as many as 10 new starters after a busy offseason. That included signing Christian Kirk to a massive four-year deal. On defense, the biggest additions came in the draft as they took Trayvon Walker first overall and then Devin Lloyd later in the first round. But, Lewis, I think the head coach, Doug Peterson, could perhaps have the most profound impact. And what do you expect him to bring to this yeah. team? Just professionalism field, first and foremost. Mm. A professional approach to how to run a football operation with a clear line of communication from the top down, starting with him and how it disseminates through his assistant coaches and then on to his players. And players take comfort in that. Players take solace in that. Players like to know that they themselves, in this in this particular case, Trevor Lawrence, isn't the most adult per isn't the most adult person and the most mature person in the football operation like he was a year ago. Doug brings a championship pedigree. He knows how to tutor quarterbacks. He's hired a very strong staff. Yeah. They've got some real good young players. I think you'll see them play with a sense of professionalism and, and togetherness and knowing what they want to accomplish more so than you ever could have dreamed they would have showed last year at the same time. Yeah, and it's a perfect marriage for, for Lawrence and, and having a quarterback coach like Doug Peterson and, and his pedigree and what he brings to this team. Again, I, I think that from last year to this year, it's night and day, and we're going to see a big difference on this team this season. I cannot wait to watch this football game tonight. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern time, the Jaguars and the Raiders, the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. The starting quarterbacks won't be on the field, but we have an NFL game that matters, at least to those of us here on Absolutely. NFL Live, the first of 334 football games this season. Get ready for kickoff. We are just hours away. Three hours and four. Three, two, one. NFL Live is back tomorrow.